What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I used to be a professional hater. You're a Pisces! I'm a Pisces, but I used to be a suicidal, mentally ill, extremely unhappy, self-hating person in my young years. That little girl trapped in that young woman's body was thirsty for love, was so unhappy, was so unseen. And what I chose to do with that subconsciously is drag other women down. I couldn't live with myself. It's Violet Benson, your favorite meme queen and the big sis you didn't ask for, but need. Welcome to Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Almost Adulting. Are you ready? Hi, everyone, and welcome to a brand new Almost Adulting, the largest self-love podcast and movement, your number one destination for personal growth and transformation. I'm your big sister, Violetta. Before we get started, this is your reminder to quickly hit the subscribe button, whether you're on Spotify or Apple, or you're watching this episode on YouTube, correct? We are on YouTube, almost adulting. So hit that subscribe and notification button so you never miss an episode. Okay, so today my special guest is Lainey Molnar. She is a Pisces queen and Hungarian illustrator who uses her art to tackle and address important issues regarding women's rights. And she demonstrates how women are perceived by society and what it typically is to be us. I recently, I think I've been following you for a couple of months now. Yes, I've been following you for a long time, and then we just connected. (laughs) Yes, we've been following each other for a while. The reason we ended up connecting was because she's really big into feminine energy. And for this month, since we are talking all about inspiration and manifesting and the feminine energy, the divine feminine, and a lot of you have been asking me to give you more episodes, so I have this month, my solo episodes, but I thought, why not also have a guest that we can tackle all of this with? First, I want to start with the fact that you were born in Hungary. Yes, I, I, I was, yes. Okay, you were born in Hungary, and then when you were you 24, 25, you moved to Amsterdam. I lived, actually, I lived all over the world. I lived in Miami, London, Sydney, and then oh. I ended up in Amsterdam. And not, that's where you currently live? Yes, that's where I live. Okay, got it. So she's currently visiting the US and she lives in Amsterdam, which is in the Netherlands. And I just found out today that in the Amsterdam, they speak English. Well, <laughs> well, it's half factually correct. Actually, they speak Dutch. Well, she but, doesn't speak Dutch. I was no, I don't. How she lives. There. I don't speak Dutch, and I do not want to disrespect any Dutch person listening right. to this. But, um, but actually, everybody speaks fluent English. So, for somebody living there, it's actually pretty easy to get by, and uh, they also don't mind. So, it's very cool for me to have another foreigner in the house today. <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure where it's like. People cannot really place my accent yeah i usually hear that oh you have a california accent and i'm just like 
I've never been to, this is my first time actually in California. So I cannot tell them that like, oh, I've never been there. No, California. But also don't because I feel like it's so specific. And I just picked up my accent from watching a lot of Cartoon Network when I was a kid. And yeah. then I just pronounce words really weird because I just read about them. And then I've never used them before. So I just come up with, you know, a way. Literally the same way in Hebrew, there is little things under each word that kind of tell you how to pronounce it. So you get yeah. used to that. And then you pronounce things how it sounds, meaning if a good example, as always, it's knife. If I'm reading it and there's a K in the beginning, I would pronounce it knife. Yes. Americans, for some reason, just have random words that they just don't need to pronounce and why is it there but i guess it's kind of like french in the end a lot of times you don't pronounce the ending words also with the emphasis i feel like when english is not your first language that's where you get like get wrong you just say it a really weird way the other day my friend called me out and like apparently you pronounce it owl and not old and i'm like why but it's you an o think. it's an o what is wh why would you yeah right there's so many words that i will pronounce wrong because I would say exactly how it's spelled. And then people yes. would tell me, wow, maybe you learn how to pronounce stuff. And they don't realize when they probably only speak English that people who speak other languages, they tend to not be able to, based on the accents they grew up with for their language, a lot of times they can't even pronounce something, a specific word properly if we didn't learn. It's kind of like if Americans try to speak French. They can't pronounce it. They can't have the French accent. Exactly. Because they can't do the R. Yeah. And I can do it because I'm I'm Israeli. So our vowels and how we move our mouths are similar. So my French accent is superb. But it's only because I speak Hebrew. But I feel like it's spicy. It should be a thing. Just be exotic. Like, why would you want to sound like everybody else? What if I want right. to say all? I can have. Do you understand what I'm Yeah. Like I can have a Californian accent. I'd be like. Oh my god. Okay, so like basically tell me why <laughs> no, no. <laughs> did I do oh it? I think that's I would say like, that's a very when I think of Valley Valley Girl. Valley. Yeah. No. Oh my god. Okay. So basically me and my friends were like shopping and I'm like, oh my god, no, your mom is such a fucking bitch. And I'm like, Mom, why are you such a bitch? I, I genuinely cannot believe that people actually talk like this. No, no, absolutely no judgment because it's very entertaining, but it's, a, it's really a thing. I know. Well, people probably say the same thing about people with accents. So in Hungarian, for my Hungarian listeners, how do you say, I don't like it when you kiss your parents in the mouth? <laughs> oh, Lord. Are we getting that personal already? She doesn't like when people kiss their parents in the mouth. And I was just clowning and making fun of her for that. That's because I do it as a joke now. And now it's become my whole personality that sometimes for fun, I kiss my parents in the mouth because it makes me laugh how much other people don't like it. But say in Hungarian. Oh, in Hungarian. Nemstretem, amikor szájon puszirod a szüleidet. Oh, okay. But by the way, I have no problem with uh, kissing your parents on the mouth. I was just wondering why parents kiss babies on the mouth. But oh. that was a genuine question from somebody who's child-free by choice, and I don't really know how these things work. Uh, also, I've never experienced it growing up, so I'm still genuinely curious. But apparently it's a thing, and if you want to do it, you do you. Yeah. So for people to better know you and your work, which by the way, you're going to be able to find her socials in the description of my bio. When did you start working on all your illustrations? And when did you start kind of diving into illustrating women's issues in what you create? 
I've been drawing my entire life, but it was just a hobby. And during COVID, so 2020, I started, like I created this avatar that was my character and then just basically started drawing um, my experience as a woman in the world. And a few months in, it blew up and it went viral on all the platforms. And I was doing something entirely different as a job, but I guess life gave me an opportunity to be just like, okay, like now you can pursue your passion. But I had no idea what feminism was, for example. Three years ago, I had to Google what is feminism. I started from such a different background. Uh, I was really, really not aware of a lot of what's going on in the women's spaces. And I was blissfully unaware of this whole patriarchy bit that um, I've been tackling very deeply ever since. So, So for me, it was a big personal journey and it was also a big professional journey. And I'm just very grateful to have this opportunity to have so many women to connect to and hear their stories and just basically being able to start the conversations because I feel like what I do is never about like me saying things it's just me challenging the way everybody thinks and then also listening to what they um, react or what their stories are what were you doing before this I was working with influencers and so basically in social media so I was uh I was actually the first um, fashion blogger in Hungary back in the days, like 2008. Oh. So I was I was doing that for a while before I moved away. And then I just moved to, get to the other side of social media. So I was like um, a manager, a, str- a strategist, and I worked with women-owned businesses basically to help them grow. So you worked with women-owned businesses to help them grow, but you didn't know what feminism was? No, it was basically just working with women to grow their social media. So it was never like the focus because they're focus. women. Yes, with them. yes. I just like genuinely gravitated towards helping women succeed in in their Wait, own. Wait, but fields. do you think maybe you're more referring to the American or English speaking feminism? Because I'm sure, I'm sure in your country or the countries you're you're growing up in, you're probably aware of maybe women being paid less and so on. So I think. I think maybe you're worried. Yes, no, absolutely, absolutely. No, I I think anyone listening will completely misinterpret what you just said, and then no, I meant the movement. I meant the movement. So, so for me to identify with a movement, I would need to have a lot of background information, and I didn't have that. I obviously believed in the things, and I aligned with the things, and I was aware of a lot of the issues that we were tackling. I just didn't know the whole like the systemic bit I didn't understand a lot of the depth and when people um basically called me like a feminist illustrator I was like I cannot give myself that title without giving like without actually getting into the depth of it or giving myself the proper education through it and I I think that for me that was just being humble in a way and I also wanted to know more and oh my god like that is a deep dive into (laughs) Oh, wow. A lot of things. And yeah, it's never ending. I like to play devil's advocate. I like to kind of poke around. It's my thing when I get to know someone. So yeah, Yeah. because of how you move on social media and everything you believe in and how you stand for women's rights and all of that, I thought it was interesting when you suddenly accidentally put yourself down or put yourself second to me or you were thinking how you would look when literally your whole brand is to remind people to care you know to accept your thoughts and your feelings so basically absolutely before we start recording i asked her i told her i'm getting my period so right now i have some cysts and acne on my 
my right side of my face. So I would probably want to sit on the left side so you can only see my dimple and not my acne because I'll make me so could by but then I said, well, where do you want to sit? I don't mind if you want to sit on the left side, which one's better for you? And she said, well, my left side, but but it's fine. Actually, you can sit on the left side because I don't want to I don't want to come off vain or anything like that. And I said, well, why would I ask you? Why did I ask you if I didn't want to know where you would sit? And I said, why are you putting your thoughts down? If something makes you feel more confident, why is that vain? Don't you want to be comfortable and confident when you're doing this interview? instead of putting yourself down because you're vain or something. But that's actually just a great example of how deeply embedded these thought patterns are. And actually, I, well, I started unlearning the, them relatively late, especially coming with what I do now. And I also believe that a lot of us create content and do what we're doing because of what we're overcoming. It's not that I feel like if people create this type of content coming from the place of like, I already learned everything. I know what I know. So I'm just going to come down to you peasants and <laughs> teach you my ways. I don't think that would land. But I know that I'm in the middle of this process. I want to share my affirmations as content with other people because this is how my brain works. And I'm trying to unlearn it with you as a community. Right. Like it was a thing like 10 years ago. It was a lot of this, uh, you must do these. I made... 700 million dollars and now i'm gonna tell you to wake up at five in the morning and it's okay but it, it worked also for you worked for them it, yeah but that's exactly what i'm trying to say it worked for you you gave you give people a blueprint of something that worked with your specific personality trauma yeah. history mental health it's not something that could be replicated because people will experience a lot of failure. When you open conversations with people and say that, hey, I'm sharing what I'm going through here attached to the general journey, because you are going through the same thing, you will experience it differently. And actually, the, my favorite comment that I ever get from people is that I do not agree with the majority of things that you say, but I really appreciate you making me rethink oh, what I thought was you know, something that was factual. Yeah. And they're just like, you're challenging me to to look outside the box because I thought that, oh, it worked for me. It's factual. Like the same with parents kissing their babies on the mouth. They were yeah. just like, I never thought about it. It is weird. And I'm like, okay, I, that, that's, I don't mean to but discourage I like having... anybody from doing that. It's just like we need to think things from different perspectives. How can you tell that you're currently existing in your feminine energy? For me, it's usually a state of non-judgment from me to me. And it's also just when whenever we do something and we don't justify it, we don't overthink it and we just are. It also comes back to what we were talking about by letting the emotions flow. If you allow yourself to be in the state where you are, you allow yourself to just be who you are and it doesn't require you standing up for it, actively fighting it, actively putting work. But you're just looking at yourself and be like, I'm the most beautiful, gorgeous, miracle human being that ever existed. And then you just look into the mirror and see that and really just see the sparkle in your eye and be just like, this is who I am. And and, and that is magic. Mm -hmm. And it it seems delusional for a lot of people like i so do what and then so be delusional absolutely and i feel like since i started practicing this and like having that relationship with myself because that's how it starts i started reacting to compliments comments uh differently when they say like oh you look so beautiful today and i say i know and 
and it comes off as extremely cocky and arrogant and whatever. And I'm just like, I want to be in the energy where I know, and we should all be in the energy where we know. It yeah. doesn't invalidate the compliment. It doesn't say that like, oh, you're pointing out the obvious. It just means that I know that I'm the most gorgeous, fantastic human being on the planet. It doesn't take away from anybody else. If any women, if all women would feel the same, then we would all be the most awesome human beings on the planet. Right. Can the planet handle all of us? I think it can. No, it cannot. No? Only me. Only <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I, I think it can. <laughs> We're so fortunate when we actually wake up in the morning and actually love ourselves that day because it is so hard for us as human beings in general to love ourselves. It's a lifetime journey. It's never, yeah. okay, I, the final, I finally got to loving myself, now I forever love myself. No, it's a lifetime struggle. And some days you get to wake up and you finally love yourself. It's the most amazing day that day. And you get to look in the mirror and you get to say, wow, I love you and you're so beautiful. And then you know in the back of your head, you have that quick little thought, ooh, am I being cringe right now? Is, is this cringe <laughs> that I'm complimenting myself that I think I'm so beautiful? Is this, is this too yeah. vain of me? Because it's like, no, for fuck's sake. You hated yourself six days of this week. You have one day you finally felt beautiful. And beautiful, by the way, it's not really about your looks. It's how you feel. And that's another thing that people miss. Because those six, se those seven days of the week, you've looked the same. But six of those days, you looked at yourself and you hated what you looked like. Because it had nothing to do with your outer look. It had to do with the inside. And then on the seventh day, you woke up and inside you felt beautiful. So when you looked in the mirror, suddenly you felt beautiful. And that's where it comes from. And then you'll go on the internet and you'll say, Today, I feel beautiful. And guess what's going to happen? You're going to get comments from specifically... I Well, first of all, men who are going to hate you because they can't <laughs> have sex with you. And then not all of them, just some of them. Ouch. And then there's going to be some of the women who will then say, wow, conceited much? Wow, vain much? And it's like, wow. So you want us to love ourselves, but not too much. Because if it's too much, it may offend other people. But it's not okay also to hate yourself because then you're just begging for attention. So it's kind of like, how do you... Find the little area. Oh, you get a compliment. Be humble. Because if you say, I know, that's conceited. And now, you know what? I don't want to give you a compliment. But if you say, no, oh my God. Now you're asking for attention again. You fishing. You know you're pretty. So be smart, but not too smart because it's going to offend other men in the room. Be beautiful, but not too beautiful because it's going to make other women uncomfortable. Care about your health, but not too much because then you're just, uh, what is it? self-involved and all that and there's more to life than just looking good but you should look good and you should care about your weight but not too much but also are you being unhealthy right now what's what like what is your body mass because you look like you gained some weight but now you're trying to lose weight why are you telling women that they should lose weight and it's like for fuck's sake i'll just kill myself <laughs> <laughs> I think you summed it up i think i'm just gonna drop this mic and walk out <laughs> <laughs> um passionate it's hard to follow this but i'll <laughs> give it a shot you know um, why it is what i do for a living so it, it's such <laughs> a natural thing for me to speak i'm a motivational speaker for a living so that is why i get so passionate when i speak but in general i am passionate about us loving ourselves it's so important to me because i know all the years that i've spent not loving myself and now Whenever someone tells me about being considered or whatever, blah, blah, I don't care. I, I feel beautiful and that's all that matters.
Exactly. And in my experience, I feel beautiful six days a week. And there's one when I don't feel shit. And how I managed to get there from uh, 365 days of hating myself is practicing it alone. Because like what we talked about is in like when you put it out there. So first, I think to practice it on your own is in like you just communicate with yourself. You build that relationship with yourself. You take yourself on dates. You um, like for me, I didn't date for two years. I just kind of withdrew and built the relationship with myself. The romantic relationship of my dreams. I got myself an engagement ring tattooed. So we're very serious. Uh, We're planning the wedding for... uh, (laughs) You guys are exclusive right now, actually. Well, yes. Right now now we're pretty exclusive. But um, yeah, but then I basically just practiced this on my own. It's like, hey, we're, we're doing this together. And then I started putting this out. This energy that you were talking about is in the absolutely delusional, arrogant, piece of shit energy that people step on. No, that's how they perceive it. It's triggering for them to love yourself because they are not there yet. So for them, it's personal. It's for them to be just like, how dare you? You're either faking it or you're just absolutely an egotistical, narcissistic piece of shit. And it's something that you need to practice to put out in the world and that's why i'm like okay so when a close friend or a family member says that you look beautiful i say i know and they like for me it's a safe space to practice this and then you put it out like even like a step a bit a little bit further but like you said when you get the comments especially when you have a lot of followers on social media you have no control over it. You just yeah. unleash a beast. And like some women have no filter dragging other women down. Sure. You know what? We all have those moments where we feel insecure, where we feel jealous. I'm not above that. Neither is she. We all experience that. But it's how what you do with it. Do you act on it or do you realize, oh, do I currently feel bad about myself or do I currently am having a bad day or do I currently feel insecure about something? So I'm internalizing and it's actually, and I'm projecting and has nothing to do with the person, the stranger on the internet. Do I know what they're going through or do I just see a five second picture that they posted? That's where it comes from. So yeah, you post a picture and I feel good about myself and someone goes in the comments. Well, let me change that for you. Absolutely. You're disgusting. (laughs) And of course, it doesn't mean that I'm not dealing with any type of issues with myself. I deal with it every day. I'm also the person who goes up to the mirror and grabs this part and that part and this chunk and that chunk and and obsesses about what I should be eating or drinking to be healthier, better, whatever. It's 80% of my thought process. And it doesn't mean that I do not love myself. Yeah. It just means that usually when these thought processes turn on, I'm comparing myself or my life or my health or my fitness to someone else. Yeah. And that's why I said that uh, the self-love works really well in a vacuum. And then you step into society and then it all dissolves because you see somebody prettier than you, more successful than you. And then you're just like, oh, okay, I'm back to my old tricks. I don't know if you coined this word or not, but you brought something up called inadequacy demon. What is that? It's the little voice that lives in your head that is trying to convince you that you're not good enough or you're not enough and basically takes everything as a personal offense because its only job is to hide this fact from the world. So I think we all have, yeah, pretty much, literally we all have this voice in our heads. When you 
like the the example that I brought up in my video was that, for example, when a mom sees another mom making a video of uh, elaborate lunchboxes for their kids, and what they see isn't that oh that's very nice. What they so what the inadequacy demon in their head hears is that uh, I don't have time for this. I have two jobs. Uh, I need to you know just rush in the morning. Am I a bad mom? You're telling me that I'm a bad mom because the inadequacy demon says that, uh, well, I think that I'm a bad mom deep down because I'm doing everything, but I'm still not thinking that I'm good enough. And when somebody shows anything that could be vaguely personal, it just triggers this alarm as in like, no, no, we need to hide this. It's your fault for triggering me. I'm right. I'm like, not, not like that. It's a no, very totally, human thing. No, totally, but it's thing. your fault yeah. versus am I, why am I triggered? Versus you are posting something and you're not thinking. And it's always, the comment is usually, what about the young girls? What young girls? Who are you talking about? Just say it's about you. It's triggering something in you. Because it's yeah. always about, well, the young girls are going to get the wrong idea. <laughs> exactly. And I think that a lot of the, when we think about the OG influencers, for example, the women who were not uh, taking a stance on big issues, not standing for anything, not communicating anything personal. They were just like, I'm pretty, I'm skinny, I'm wearing designer clothes, and my life is an inspiration for you, which worked really well for a while. Oh, fashion bloggers. Fashion bloggers or like, you know, the type of influencers who are like just really not into social issues or anything that's kind of mandatory to, to get into these days. And their lives are perceived as perfect because at the time they were forced to post everything that was perfect, nothing unedited because then they wouldn't get deals, they wouldn't get invited to the fashion shows. They needed to be this human perfection because that's what the whole um, institution ex like expected from them. Right. And when it changed, people started calling out that oh, you're making me intimidated. You're making me feel like my life is bad. You're making me feel poor. You're making me feel fat. You're making me feel this and this. And technically they were just doing their thing, what this business demanded from them, they still do. But when these people get triggered by what they're doing, it's not necessarily their fault. It's like, don't hate the player, hate the game. The game demands perfection from them. Right. But we're still like landing this on everybody on the internet who's trying their best. And I'm not saying there are no content creators with bad intentions or showing off or being extremely tone deaf. But a lot of the times, like in my experience, I cannot post anything on the internet without people getting triggered. Right. And there, these are things that like I'm always trying to think about how can I be more um about diversity how can i accommodate everybody how can i be like using inclusive language like how do i approach this topic not offending anyone because it's like embedded in my head now because i know that somebody will be triggered and it shouldn't be because it's not my duty to tiptoe around everybody's feelings but i know that i will always piss people off and i learned how to live with that in my personal belief everything that we deem as a bad emotion is just the vacuum that exists in the lack of love because mm. love brings the compassion the kindness and everything that a human being needs to function that the entire world needs to function and when there's a vacuum in place of love because we don't give it to ourselves we don't have the tools to receive it we don't have the people to receive it from we don't have the tools to receive it from ourselves then we fill that space with these secondary things like anger masking fear 
Right. Because we fear that we will not be enough or we will not be loved. So we mask it with anger, which is just lashing out because we have so much to give and receive that we're not receiving in the love yeah. sense. When I'm in a better mood and I love wake up loving myself, I end up focusing on the more positive things. I don't notice a lot of the negative things. And then I sh give more love to other people around me. When I wake up in a shitty mood and I'm not having it, I notice it with myself. I suddenly text a little snappy comment, not thinking anything of it. When I text a snappy comment to one of my friends, then that could ruin their mood. And then they're snappy towards someone else. And then the cycle continues. And then because I'm being snappy and negative, I will then notice negative things that I wouldn't have noticed had I been in a good mood. Like, wait. Is that a side eye? Did she give me a dirty look? <laughs> Wait, what did they mean when they wrote that comment? Well, you yeah. know what? You know what? You want to start? Today's the day, baby. Today's the day. We're about to, you know, and it's unnecessary. Because <laughs> had I changed my perspective and I was learning to focus on myself and my inner emotions and love myself again, then I will probably be more loving towards others and be more understanding. So as usual, it always comes back to one thing, and that's yourself. Amen. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Actually, a fun fact about me is that I used to be a professional hater. I ran a blog. I'm like very open about this. That's my journey. I even uh, Hungarian Forbes wrote an entire profile on me. And that's the story that I Stop. decided to tell. You're a Pisces. I'm a Pisces, but I used to be a suicidal, mentally ill, extremely unhappy, self-hating person in my young years. And I used that energy to... Well, I just wanted to express myself first, but, and I started a fashion blog. And when I started getting nasty comments, it really, really triggered me. So it brought out the worst in me. And then I realized like the best content that I could do back in the days of my blog about almost 15 years ago was the content when we were criticizing celebrity outfits. And then it just trickled into a lot of criticizing other women. That is my journey. And I would never want to hide this because I was that person. And I know that little girl trapped in that young woman's body was thirsty for love, was so unhappy, was so unseen. And what I chose to do with that subconsciously is drag other women down. It gave me that serotonin kick to be just like, I'm better than them. For a single second. But for a second. And for then you went second. back to hating yourself again. So you needed that high again. Because hate is so easy. Absolutely. But it doesn't last. So you need to keep it going. Keep it going. It is. And then if I 
like criticized them and then all the comments were agreeing with me then I, every Oof. comment that I read I got that little kick a yeah. little kick like I'm validated I'm loved I'm agreed with I'm a leader I'm like a whatever I'm a person it was not even just being good or like a queen or like anything it was just being like oh I'm a person now oh people agree with me and when I said nice things it was just like man whatever because that's you know, that's a wow. lot of how the internet works. And then people started following me because I was being mean. And that was Oof. my reputation. And after a while, I just couldn't, I couldn't live with myself. I, I really just had no self-hate left to overspill in the world. And I retired what I was doing and I just started really focusing on myself. I went through extremely dark times then before I started getting out in the more proactive way of oh, healing i had to i went through mental breakdowns i was non-verbal for a, for a month i i i went to therapy for four years and then i started like really intensively getting into spirituality mm-hmm. i had to burn down my entire life physically mentally emotionally to be able to get out on the other side and and project the love and the light and the love that I managed to cultivate for myself. And I know now that having been on the other side of things, having been the person whose self-hate defined her is something that is going to build me up because I know where these people come from. Like when you said that you are trying to put yourself in the position of somebody who sends that hateful comment and just give them compassion because they are going through a lot. Every time I read a comment like this, I see myself, the Aww. little girl trapped in the 20 year old body, just trying to be loved. And I'm literally just tearing up right now. Like, no, me too. Listen to you. Like, <laughs> I feel all oh your emotions. God. I was feeling the same way. Yeah. It's, it's so hard. And it's still what you're saying. I sometimes want to tell them to say, like, fuck off and get off my page, but I can't. And mm-hmm. I, I force myself not to do that because I don't want to return to these patterns no matter how hurtful it is because because people don't know how personal yeah. these things oh. can get oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh, you should be <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that by the way that's amazing because you were you're able to share something just to show to other people that just because you have one behavior you're able to unlearn it and I think a lot of times people forget and they think, well, this is who I am versus I don't have to be this person because, you know, one day you woke up and you asked yourself and I always tell my listeners to every day to wake up and you ask yourself, is this working for me? And as long as whatever it is that you're doing in your life, whoever you're dating, whatever it is, if it's working for you, sure. But if one day you wake up and you say, no, this is not working for me, I'm done hating myself or writing these hate comments is not enough anymore. It's not giving me the dopamine high that I'm used to and I'm all left out of self-hate so no it's not working for me okay if it's not working for you then what are you going to do now what are you going to do with your life and then you change it and you see i like that you explain the process because it shows it's not that she woke up one day and she said i'm gonna be happy (laughs) you know people are like i'm sad oh yeah don't be sad (laughs) just cheer up exactly this was years of a change changing for you and therapy and hating yourself and low moments to finally find your light again and to be happy and still you have the low moments where you get irritated by the hate comments even though you can relate to them some days you don't feel like relating to them you're kind of like fuck off and it's human and it's normal and it's nice to 
hear someone else's experience experiencing both and it just i think it helps anyone out there listening kind of humanize you absolutely but i also don't share this story because it's something that is relatable i share this story because i think it's very important for people to understand the whole range of these things of from hate to love because we're not dealing with one or the other we cannot just choose a life where we only deal with happy things yeah we're all going through our transition and i think there are so many people who would have been canceled just for going through what they went through we all did bad things we all dated the wrong people we all stayed in abusive relationships we all were mean to people we are we all screwed up relationships we all hated ourselves or we still do and i think that for me to share this story just means that it gives hope to people who are just like i'm pretty lost but if you like maybe maybe somebody's listening to this or maybe somebody's you know just just following my journey and says that oh wow she came from so deep and then she made it and now she's this stable like i always self-identify as happy not as in the joyous way but i i just have this foundation of stability that it doesn't matter what kind of bad thoughts that I have or bad day that I have. I just always fall back on this this relationship with myself. Right. And, and for me, that's very happy. But I think I did it and I made it. And I'm very fucking proud of myself for doing Good, so. Because I came be. back from, from the deepest and darkest. Right. Right. And that also now explains when someone gives you a compliment and you say, thank you. I know it's because you went through all those other days where you didn't know and you didn't feel that way. And now you're just yeah. so happy to finally be in this other moment where you're like, yeah, I don't I know it because it took me 10 <laughs> years to finally get here. Thank you. So exactly. it makes sense. But that's the thing. If only we just took a second to better understand people, but no one sits around sometimes wanting to do that. We have a lot more in common with one another than we really think. I think most people's purpose in life is wanting to to be loved and to be seen and to be heard. And then we struggle to give that space for others. We rush into judging others in order to make ourselves feel better. While in reality, we all kind of yearn for the same thing. And that we don't understand that there is enough love and attention in the world for everybody. It's not a pie. It's not going to run out just because other people have it. Yeah. It's also same with beauty. Beauty is not going to run out because other people are beautiful. It's just that our definition of beautiful is so limited that it just gives quite a few people, like a few people, the opportunity to claim that. But I think every woman is beautiful. So one thing that I really like that I saw in your videos recently, and this is something I get a lot of shit about. So I thought it was really cool to finally have a guest that has a similar point of view as mine. So now all the women out there will be able to relate to my thought process, which is I don't really support hookup culture. I always tell women to wait, especially if you're interested in dating or serious dating and so on. I don't agree with hookup culture and what it's become. I saw on your stuff that you discuss how men set up a system for casual sex which is detrimental for us women and you talked about how hookup culture lies on three factors so what are they and what are your thoughts about this the three things that hookup culture relies on is one men deserve sex 
they have needs and then women should meet those needs it's our duty which if you don't give it someone else will so you might as well get on your knees and suck that dick (laughs) god forbid make him wait he has needs we all heard that of course he cheats you didn't do your job right you just gave birth okay but what about his penis (laughs) you know He has needs. He literally <laughs> is going to drop dead if you do not suck that dick. Yes. So get out from that bed right now in the hospital and go help him. Yeah. Exactly. Use your feet if you have to. So the second one is basically the system is set up that women's value lies in uh, looks and sexuality. So when we internalize it at a really young age, male validation becomes the main source of uh, like how we think about ourselves. Which we sometimes don't even realize that we're doing this. No, and a lot of it has don't. to do with the male validation. Like me always having, I grew up in, my boyfriend and I were on and off for eight years and I was constantly, when we were together, no matter how long, shaving my body every single day, looking beautiful for him, looking perfect. And it was me internalized misogyny, wanting to be his perfect little Barbie. And he was still cheating on me. So I was just like, oh, it's not enough. What else do I need to be? Versus, you know, it was just my looks for him. Absolutely. It's also when we're young and we start to get boys' attention. Let's not talk about adult men who can't call like eight-year-olds. Yeah. But when we go to school, it's always the pretty girls who are popular. Like we're always talking about crushes. We're always talking about like who likes whom and then the popular girls are going to be the ones that are pretty and liked by boys right it's it's internalized very early on that your your value rises when you're a pretty girl liked by boys so that means the second one basically has to do with reviewed by our looks and sexuality and we internalize that that means in order for this boy to like me and to get his attention especially when i'm competing with other women for attention is i need to be more sexual i need to put out i need to have sex with him because then he will like me versus him asking me what my favorite book is or hobbies and stuff like that oh i may lose his attention because a the first one you said it's about men have needs the second one is i need to be hypersexual for him to pay attention to me or i'm gonna lose him so what's the third one and then the third one is that a man's value rises with the amount of conquest he has and then a woman's value plummets with the amount of people that used her that's another thing that confuses me because the hookup culture is telling casual sex is so cool everyone should do it but then it's the same people then also say wow you've been run through i'm sorry i'm confused you just who is supposed to have sex with all these men then if it's not us women and with the straight men if it's not us women so then how are we supposed to be part of hookup culture because the guy has needs and i need to just fuck him and then not attach my emotions to it because then i'm i'm living in the 50s by having feelings and wanting to be exclusive god forbid but then also i have to keep my number low i don't get that part that just is so contradicting for me i feel like and this is probably going to be sounding very nasty, but that men sort of, well, a certain kind of man, they just decide that there are women who are worthy and then their purity and their naivety and their submissive nature will be their value. And then they're going to wife those. But these are like the most horrible trashy men. And then the ones, because they have needs and then they need their needs fulfilled because they're entitled to sex, are the trash women that they are going to judge for sleeping with them. So for those women, there's no winning because for them, women's value is also impurity, but also just they want sex. I don't know. I'm very confused. Yeah, with my ex-boyfriend, we're on and off for many years, but he kind of, I would say, 
formed a lot of thoughts in my brain the way just basically his dynamic was with how he viewed women and I dated him since obviously he was emotionally unavailable and it reminded me of my father a lot of things about him and when we were dating he would put me down if I ever looked at another guy that was a whore behavior discussing all that so while he was out cheating on me and fucking other women I wasn't allowed to even hang out with other boys because that would make me a slut. And he constantly talked about if women have sleep with too many men, no one's going to marry them and all that. And it was very in a way where I internalized it so much in my brain. Then when I would hang out with my two best guy friends who are like my family, I remember we were older at this point, him and my boyfriend and I have broken up and we're sitting there and they were just, they're talking about the girls they're fucking. And then I'm saying, oh, well, I just keep going back to my ex because I don't want my number to go up. And one of my guy friends looked at me and my friend Rob and he's like, wow. And let's say my ex name is Bob. He's like, wow, Bob really did a number on you that you still think like that. And I didn't even realize that my thoughts of keeping my number low had to do with how much I was conditioned by my ex to think like I didn't realize I was coming from him where I want to keep my number low because then I'll pure, you know, because then other men will like me. Then you're wifey material. Yeah, Otherwise, then I'm wifey material. Even though, was my ex ever planning on marrying me? No, never. He was never planning on marrying me. He just liked me around and he liked that I was his. He liked that he could go cheat on me and then my little vagina was just his and it belonged to him. That's what he liked. Wow, this yeah. is a very fair system. What can I say? <laughs> you recently also talked about how you decided to be celibate and you were you made a whole video about being celibate. As you guys know, I've been celibate now for over a year in a way that I made the decision where I don't sleep with someone unless I decide to be exclusive with them. That's where perspective change. I don't want men to be decide they want to be exclusive with me. It's more, are you worthy for me to decide to be exclusive with you? Obviously, as you know, I still let them go down on me. <laughs> you know, if they're hungry, who a am girl I? Has needs. <laughs> if they're hungry, who am I to not offer them food if I have it available? <laughs> so we do other things. So uh, that part, I still remain. It's just the pee going in my V. That's all. It goes in my mouth. Sorry. <laughs> anyway... The point is, you've talked about being celibate. How's that journey been for you? Why did you decide to be celibate? Well, I'm running on eight months now, and um, I don't I don't do anything, to be honest, if I'm not in an exclusive or committed relationship. But for me, I so as an abuse survivor, I have a very complicated relationship with sexuality in my own body. And I had to relearn that. And when I went through the horrible things that I went through, I was very young. It was actually the same time when I became a really uh, intense self-hater and started that blog. And as it, it sometimes happens with people who went through what I went through, is that we're going to have the slut phase because our body bodies are like- we Don't belong to like, us anymore. We, like it, yes. And then we want to reclaim that power as in sex is on my terms. If I choose to sleep with that person and it means nothing, then it was like me taking back my power. And- I did that for years, not realizing that it takes away more power than I think I gain. When I was in relationships, that was also like a different thing. I was in longer relationships after that. And when I became single and I took two years off, which didn't mean that I was consciously not having sex. It was just something that was not consciously seeking any kind of arrangements or relationships at the time. And then I realized it's like, oh, 
I can have a lot of fun with myself. I can have a drawer full of toys. I can work on my sexuality with myself the same way as I'm working on my relationship or romantic feelings with myself, which may sound weird to have romantic feelings right. with yourself, but you're just, you're just, that's just, just a healthy human relationship. You love yourself. Love is what you take yourself on dates, whatever. It's the thing. Right. And then I was like, why, why not try consciously not doing that anymore? And oh my God, it was my best decision ever because I've never had a healthier relationship with my own body. I've never had more power in my life, not getting into situations that are just half-assed or not serving me. And it's also just a very intensive energy exchange. It's something- Which a lot of people don't talk about. Exactly. And that's that was my angle when I talked about this, is that um, spiritually or- you know, when we talk about consciousness, when we sort of open that portal between two humans, when you're being P2V intimate, or I don't know if um, how it works with um, same sex couples as think that any kind of intimacy kind of I think opens any, that any portal. Kind of intimacy, when you're yeah. like, when you're naked, also skin to skin, kind of like the more yeah, skin that you touch. Change. Absolutely. So it's a very strong energy exchange. And there's so much that you can absorb from people. There's so much you can absorb from uh, kind of the relationship dynamic that you have. And what I said is what I think that's very important to point out that it's not about being with horrible people. Right. It can be a friend with benefits. It could be somebody you trust, but it's still... Um, they're dating other people or there's some baggage or somebody has feelings or they're just going through hard things they put their trauma in that maybe they use sex as like a coping mechanism there's so much that we soak in and there's so much that we let out because we reach a higher consciousness when we're in that intimate position so we're more vulnerable and usually if they're for example if they're on a lower vibrational level than we are mm -hmm. then they just snatch the the difference from us and then right. we just go down to that level it's not scientific it's something that no, is i like spiritual. what you're saying because that also shows a really good point that it's not just about you sleeping with numerous partners and then that energy exchange happens where you're taking especially because a p when a p enters you a penis enters you it's literally inside of you and it's literally ejaculating and putting all of their energy in you not to mention a semen stays in your body till your next cycle i don't know how it works with anal but just with the vagina is stays in your body till your next cycle that means you that it means that's part of the reason why you have lingering feelings for that person that just ejaculated in you or outside of your body somewhere so that's a their pre-cum is inside of your vagina until you have a period so that's that part is insane that's where you long for them but aside from that is the energy them dumping energy in you and i like the point that you just made that it's not about you having numerous partners it's even if you decide to just have one or two partners if those partners are then going around sleeping with everyone else they're collecting all this other energy with others and then they're putting that still in you and exchanging that with you and that happened to me a long time ago i was dating someone that was very negative and when we stopped sleeping together i sunk into depression and i had no idea there was a connection between me dating a very negative person that was so negative and hateful and then him entering me all the time to me accidentally taking on his energy and then when he left i was so depressed and i couldn't understand how i got here and it's because I was taking on his energy constantly and just emptying myself. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Exactly. And uh, something that a lot of people don't know that it can also come with physical symptoms. Sharing my example is that when um, I was abused, I picked up a defense mechanism that is chronic UTI. And basically my body was just like rejecting, not even rejecting, just giving excuses as in like, I cannot, I'm not ready. Like I cannot be in, I cannot be intimate with you. I'm ill. And it came up so many times that I had to drop out of school because I was constantly ill. 10 years of antibiotics absolutely murdered my entire body. So even after that relationship ended, I was still getting the UTIs, both from the casual sex that my, you know, that phase was bringing me. And then um, until this day, and which I worked so much on this with traditional medicine, Chinese medicine, uh, psychologists, spiritual healers, I spent the majority of the last 14 years working on this, but it still um, sometimes pops up when I feel not safe in any relationship. This is something that we don't really talk about as women, how our lady parts issues are not only just physical, and it's sometimes a lot of times connect to whatever is going on in our sexual relationships or in the energies, in in feeling unsafe or being or repeating things that we went through that was uncomfortable for us. Can you kind of go back and elaborate on what made you feel that you were taking your power back? Because I think that's something that a lot of people go through and experience when they've been sexually assaulted. It's in a way that either they feel detached from their bodies, and that is why they have a lot of casual sex. They feel like the body doesn't belong to them anymore. Or it's because it's a way to finally be in control because they felt not in control in those situations. And so kind of elaborate on how you felt that that was giving you power. And then at what point did you realize that it actually was doing the opposite on you. I feel like it's both, and and you you phrase it really well. It's actually both. But for me, I I hated my body because it was the reason that it happened to me. Because we blame ourselves so much. I know I did. I know I had no I had no contribution in in that. But I stayed in that situation. I was in a relationship with that person. I loved that person, and I put up with it. And it was my body that tempted this for some it doesn't make any sense totally but it was like i don't want this to belong to me anymore but i also want to have the power of distributing it the way that i want to and with casual sex i don't need to give it to somebody for taking keeping maintaining i just give it away for one night a few hours and i take a taxi back and we never speak again right and that was keeping 
myself safe from this happening again, from from being tangled into something where I stay for too long. And then also taking... So having casual sex made you feel safe versus being in a relationship with someone. That's why you were process thinking. Absolutely. And that's like the weirdest thing to say that having casual sex made me feel It's not weird at all. It's you're expressing... Yeah. You're expressing a lot of times our bodies, our minds we do what we need to survive it's not going to make sense to other people but this is not a place to judge because unless you've been in that situation even if you have you still may move differently it's really still hard to talk about i i don't really even process it in my content i just sometimes vaguely refer to it this is not the only time it happened like i have sort of a history with this but it's I know that so many women are speaking out and especially during the Me Too. So the person who who did this to me was fa- sort of famous in my home country. Um, he's a musician. And when Me Too came, I was talking about how it happened to me, but I just do not, I, I don't have it in me to to be the face of this in an entire country because I saw what happened to other women with with their... Um, not even accusations. I don't like that word. That's so weird. Yeah, like, just to share their that stories. People destroy you for that. Um, yes, especially in a country where that where... becomes you. That becomes that becomes all you're known for. Absolutely, and it's like they pigeonhole you as in like you're the alleged victim, and alleged, alleged. Also, in a country where women's rights and human rights are pretty questionable um based on what's happening there politically i just couldn't i couldn't deal with that i also couldn't deal with re-traumatizing myself about all of this but then i need to live with myself knowing that i didn't stop him from doing it to other women just because i didn't speak up and i still am torn between those two things and to be honest being a victim or a survivor of something and then having the responsibility to either be publicly dragged or judged forever or humiliated and then being responsible for for taking him down is it's too much and nobody deserves that that's like there's no winning here yeah do you mind kind of elaborating what you're referring to when you mean abuse or is that too hard for you to speak of i've never actually spoken about this but i think it should be out there. I was um, in a relationship with with this person who was um, mentally, sexually, and physically abusive, and he was he was just. I think he had ang- anger issues, but he like he did a lot of. So his thing was that men deserve sex, so he deserves it every day, every single day. And I could choose which way is he going to get his um, satisfaction. But he was going to get it regardless. Yeah. And then he made me, he conditioned me, he brainwashed me, he made me believe, he chipped down my self-esteem, he always put himself above me, he always said that I'm a nobody, he is famous, he's cool, Um, I should be so lucky that I'm even, you know, in a relationship with him. And then that went on for a while, and then he introduced the system of like, every day it is satisfaction for me. It doesn't matter if you have a headache, if you have... um, your period if you are not in the mood nothing mattered he was like i'm a man i have needs this is my right 
you're my girlfriend this is your duty you're to my give property. it to me kind of how you see yeah. back in the old days before the rules changed where if you were married a wife at least a wife owned her husband's sex and rape wasn't considered rape if you're married because yeah. it's part of the a man's right in the marriage so kind of in that way exactly and then it happened every single day and then when he didn't get his way or i wouldn't listen then he would get like violent in a lot of ways which i'm not comfortable to talk about any of the details but um this was a year and a half of this relationship and and also the the manipulation the emotional abuse and all of that so it was a breaking point in my life which i didn't realize for a long time and all look my my self-hate came from that place everything that i did back in the days which i was talking about just dragging other people down was just being extremely lost and having no tools and nothing to nothing to grasp whatever was going on with me i was outside of my body and mind dissociating the entire time for about 10 years I literally have no memory. Like my memory doesn't work. I don't remember my childhood. I don't remember anything. I have snapshots of some things in my Mm -hmm. mind. Like it's just horrible to think that how frequently this happens to women and how we're not supposed to talk about it. We're not supposed to accuse them. We're not supposed to share our stories. It makes it so much worse because then we need to deal with everything that comes with sharing it and being a survivor is has an effect on every part of your life yeah what gave you the strength to get up and leave uh well it was uh really like that was the first time that he um got violent with me in public in front of his friends and even his friends were just like this is not okay like this is insane like he smashed my head in the wall um for no reason and in front of like a lot of people and i think it was in a club or a bar or something and then they were just like are you okay yeah and i wasn't and i kept finding like excuses for him i was like well, I like, raised my you don't voice. Know, you don't know him. Out. Like sometimes yeah. he's angry. Like in, in private, he's like a very nice person. He he's like you know you, like it just you know sometimes he just gets angry, and then they were just like, "Girl, like this is not okay." And then it just gave me the the thought and the idea, and it still took me a few more months to actually leave him because I was terrified of what he would do. But then thankfully nothing happened, and it's been I think twelve or fourteen years, and I haven't heard this was 12 14 years ago yeah wow okay yeah i was 20 years old then and it kind of fucked me up for an entire decade so thank you (laughs) well you know at least look at you where you are now you're able to grow from it and you're able to yeah sit here and even though you're a survivor you're able to kind of make sure to not paint yourself a victim you didn't stay in your bed every day just feeling like shit about yourself attacking other people you made the decision one day to wake up and say this happened to me but i don't want to feel like this anymore and then you made a change and look at what everything you created with your brand and how what a amazing great speaker you are to other women and inspiring to other women and even you sharing from the story of being a professional hater to the story with this physical abuse and sexual abuse that is going to make 
hundreds of thousands of women who are going to be or millions of women who are going to be listening to this feel so inspired because i think for anyone out there that hasn't been in an abusive relationship they look from the outside and they say what why wouldn't you just leave and i think this was a really good point to make where you experience something because we've all been a lot of us have been there where we experience something and we don't leave right away because our brains can't even process that that was the reality and it takes us months some people even years to kind of be like wait that was wrong oh wait okay that wasn't okay because your brain almost kind of switches right away to kind of put you in survival mode like well maybe i Maybe I antagonize this person. Maybe I overreacted. Maybe I'm not remembering this correctly. Maybe, maybe this, I deserve this. Maybe I deserve this. Maybe I imagined this. Maybe it wasn't as bad. What did I say before this happened? I mean, I, yeah. ma- many of my friends have been in situations where they get a little too drunk and then they have yeah. not consensual sex with someone else. And then they sit and they think, well, but I'm the one that offered the shots. And I mean, maybe... I should, you know, I didn't tell us to stop. And maybe, I mean, he was kind of drunk too. So it's always a maybe, but you know, but maybe what happened is bad. Maybe this is a red flag. And recently my therapist told me how fear is actually such an important emotion for us to experience because when we feel fear, it means that something's wrong and we need to fix it. Because a lot of times we pretend things are fine. Because recently I talked about me getting a allergy attack on the plane. And I needed to use my EpiPen to open the airways. Completely separate from what you're talking about, obviously. But I brushed it away and acted like it's not a big deal, whatever. At least I'm fine. And my therapist said, hold on. I get it if you want to pretend everything's fine. Because that's how you condition yourself. But you need to experience fear. Because fear will tell you something was wrong. And if you don't feel fear, then you will allow this experience to happen again. And that's when I went back and I said, right. So you know what? It was scary that that happened to me on the plane. That I was choking. That means I didn't take care of my body. I need to take better care of my body to make sure it doesn't happen again. So it's kind of the same thing where now you'll be able to notice the red flags with men like this. You see something similar to this man. You say, whoa, whoa, whoa. No. Or this time you'll be able to walk. Or this time if someone raises your hand on them, you'll say, no, no, thank you. Or you'll, you know, you'll act differently. That's usually the whole point. Absolutely. And I also, yes, I completely agree with you. But I also wish it was that easy. In my experience is that I repeated this uh, pattern in different stages of healing. Because they came in such a different way. They, they got better and better. They got nicer and nicer. They got less and less abusive. But as I healed and as I grew and as I recognized the patterns and it wasn't just like enormous red flags that would cover South America. It was just like little, you know, wavy things. I was like, oh, okay, this feels good. This feels comfortable. And I was like, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-oh, yeah. no, no. But it happens less and less. And I feel like we should give ourselves more time to experience repeated patterns and not just be like, oh, it's my responsibility to change. Because I spent so much time alone. I spent so much time healing and growing and growing to therapy and 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 establishing my own spirituality and working with the divine feminine and like everything that I could. And I'm like, okay, I'm a happy, balanced person. Why do I still meet these people? And I'm like, yeah, it's because not always because it's my fault. I need to work on myself more. Like, I'm okay. It's just for some reason, I need different angles of this because I always learn about like maybe not in a relationship context, but more in just like 
um, setting boundaries yeah. or standing up for myself or having my needs put like a lot higher. Yeah. Because now I'm just like, okay, I not only reached a point where it's just like you can like assault me and I will not walk away. I reached a point that's in like, if I don't feel like a fairy tale princess, that I'm not even staying for five minutes. Yeah. Good. And that is and that is why. And I feel like at one point I will find my person and in the meantime, I will walk away from anything that doesn't serve me. And I think it's important to not blame ourselves when we attract these type of people. It doesn't mean that you haven't grown and you haven't learned because I think when people do, one thing that people don't realize, abusers, narcissists, and all of that, those people are not picky with who they date. That's the truth. They will date anyone who stays around and allows them to control you. It's up to you as you keep growing to see the red flags and then to be like, okay, maybe this isn't for me, let me walk away. So don't blame yourself if you're still attracting them because they will go for anyone. Just be thankful that this time you didn't stay for two years or seven years. This time, okay, you only stayed a year. Okay, now next one, this time I only stayed six months. This time I only stayed three months. You're learning, you're evolving. Don't be so hard on yourself every single time. You're doing your best. Exactly. It's and it, and it's also just I feel like the more we get into like the self-help therapy loop, the more we start to overthink and intellectualize everything that's going on. It's just like, oh, okay, let me think about what his trauma patterns could be, <laughs> what type of attachment style that he has, how is it like relating right. to his texting style? And it's just like, no, girl, walk. Right. That's it. We don't need to solve them. We don't need to fix them. We don't need to reflect our own. Uh, how does that match our like my dad's behavior to like, we don't always need to do that. Sometimes yeah. it's helpful, but not always. Just walk. If you don't feel comfortable, if you don't feel safe, if your body tells you, if you're hyperventilating, if you're not feeling comfortable, walk away. And the crazy part is, is that your body normally always tells us yes. when there's something wrong, whether it's in friendships, a job, a situation, yes. a partner, it always tells us when we don't listen. It's that gut yeah. feeling. Oh, I'm feeling butterflies. Run. <laughs> it's not butterflies. It feels familiar because there's yeah. something it's not meant to be. Or another thing we don't talk about, the fact that healthy relationships are triggering and uncomfortable for people who are used to abusive relationships exactly. so that's okay though but if he feels uncomfortable before you run away ask yourself why and see if you're able to work through it or see if you can explain to the partner that i do really want to get to know you but i need to be honest with you i just got a really abusive relationship and i don't feel comfortable or safe in this this is so new to me are you do you have the patience to walk through this with me and see what they say you'll be surprised when we communicate how much more further how much further you can get with your partner or part ways which is even better because then you're like okay cool you saved me time i can find someone that's actually right for me exactly you kind of nailed it but what i would add is just when it's the right person there will be tools of communication and compassion and that's the difference if you don't feel that if you don't feel them being open to discussing and working through whatever triggered you or make you feel uncomfortable that's when you walk when you feel the growing pains of a healthy relationship as somebody who's never been in one and you want to run but they're open to having that communication or having that compassion for you or understanding where you're coming from or say that 
I'm sorry, this is triggering for you. Let's sit with it or I will stick to you and I will make you feel safe. That's where you stay because it's going to be so hard and so uncomfortable. But if you don't feel safe in it, that's the only reason to just walk away. Yeah, and listen to your body. Exactly. Yeah. Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at Lainey.Molnar. Perfect. And you're currently working on some things. Obviously, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but there's some other things you're working on that people can expect uh, from you by next year. Uh, absolutely. I'm working on a book. Okay, and <laughs> and yes. yes, so this is something that I need to give birth to. <laughs> it's just, it's been in my head. I just need to sit down and write it, but uh, hopefully soon. And I also, that's my biggest dream to build a community for women with resources and also a safe space where we can talk about all of these topics that uh, I'm exploring on social media from body positivity to mental health to sexuality to self-love to healing, growth, spirituality, because I don't think social media is the right space for that for a lot of women to feel safe and vulnerable and tell their stories. So um, I don't have a timeline on that, but that is my personal mission, biggest dream. It's my Noah's Ark that I want to build and put all of these beautiful women in it so they can feel safe in the storm that is going on. So thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And then for you, my besties listening, definitely make sure to give her a follow, check out all of her art. I will obviously leave this in the description bio of this episode if you have any questions make sure to dm me or her on whatever it is that you want and aside from that i hope you have a beautiful day and don't forget i love you and don't forget to love yourself